Hey everybody, welcome to Sunday Night Live. It's good, uh, good to be here. And uh, boy, we have an exciting time as we're looking at Micah chapter 6 this time with the minor prophets. Uh, this message for right now, this is what it looks like when God judges. And uh, what's that look like? Well, let's see what Micah has to tell us as we're looking at ancient Israel and also in light of everything going on today. Uh, so it's going to be a great time. And also, I'm wondering, what book should I do next? I'm thinking about going to Daniel next. I only have one more week with Micah. Should wrap up Micah next week. Should I go to Zechariah or one of the other minor prophets I haven't gone to yet? So uh, we'll see. But uh, I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm curious as to what you guys think. Okay, so a couple of things that are coming up. Um, couple of commercials for you guys. I'm going to be in Orlando with Prophecy Watchers this coming Friday and Saturday. Uh, The conference is sold out, but I know that you can join us online. uh, You can actually click on our event. It'll take you to the Orlando event. So if you go to hopeforourtimes.com, the website, or if you're on the app, you just go to the events, click on Orlando. It'll take you there if you want to uh, join online. Also this week, joining me, in studio or actually in studio via internet, uh, Mondo's going to be joining me. Uh, that's going to be this week. And also Todd Hampson and Jeff Kinley are going to be joining me from Prophecy Pro. So I have a great week that is coming up. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to all the things that we're going to be talking about there. And then if you want to go to Israel, Israel with us in May, that trip is sold out. There's no room. But we do have a wait list for our next trip that is coming up. If you want to join the wait list, you can just go to the events to Israel and uh, sign up on the wait list, and uh, we'll get you info on that as soon as it is available, which is probably going to be as early as next week. Okay, with that, let's get going. I want to say hi to everybody that's watching on YouTube. Hi to everybody that is also watching on the app and uh, on the website and on Roku. Great to have you all joining me. So uh, let's roll. Okay, a couple of news items, and then we're going to get to what judgment look, God's judgment looks like. Uh, but check this out. UN demands global guidelines on internet speech to silence insects thriving in the dark. That would be people like me. I guess I'm an insect thriving in the dark. So this says internet speech. Notice how it doesn't say like YouTube or something like that. And uh, I mean, we, that happens. Boy, we've, we've been shut down by, uh, well, I can't say it. Uh, five different times. But anyways, this is internet speech. Okay, let's, uh, let's roll to this next one. Pope Francis calls on humanity to unite around one world religion. It's not a coincidence. So when you start seeing these types of things, we've been, we've been watching these things, what must take place? Well, in order for Antichrist to have the kingdom that he's going to want to have, and the false prophet to have their kingdom, this utopian world, you have to silence any opposing voice. You can only have one narrative. As it was in the days of Nazi Germany, he, uh, uh, Hitler had uh, Joseph Goebbels, who was the voice, and any dissenting voice had to get squished. Hence, um, churches had to go along with the narrative of Nazi Germany. Most churches did. Most churches would rather just go along with it than to stand up for what was right. So the same type of thing is happening. They must control speech. Anytime you're going to have a dictator, anytime you're going to have a government like that and the government that's coming, 
uh, you can't have opposing voices. You must silence them. So throughout history, people have been arrested if they oppose the government. We've had free speech here in America, but we see many people that want to shut that down. And we already have, obviously, the censoring going on in the private sector, but it is going to be uh, happening. Uh, it's just a matter of time. A government, as the world government, is uh, rapidly being formed. This beast system, which, by the way, is one of the things I'm going to be talking about uh, this week in Orlando. And then when you have this other article, as I showed you, Pope Francis calls on humanity to unite around one world religion. Well, as I read it in his words, you bring in climate into the mix and everybody's got to get along. I think it's March 1st, just a couple of days awake, where you have the Abrahamic house of faith and uh, where you have uh, the Catholic, Muslim, and, and Jew uniting. We have a few of these throughout the world, but I think the one that's coming is going to be, I, I believe, uh, in uh, Abu Dhabi. I'm not real sure on that. I'm sure some of you guys out there know exactly where the one that's going to be opening up this week is. So interesting dynamic. But we know this is also part of the system. There is going to be an end-time religion uh, This uh, that is going, everybody in the world is going to be required to kind of go along with it. Actually, I take that back. Everybody in the world is going to be required to worship the beast, the Antichrist. But according to Revelation chapter 17, this end-time religion is uh, the whore of Babylon, is what it's called, is going to be used to manipulate the masses and to get everybody to set aside their differences, to unite, to coalesce under this world religion. According to Revelation chapter 17, once the 10 kings, these elite rulers, get the power that they want to get from this religious system, they're gonna destroy this religious system. Hence like a whore, right? Like a prostitute. It's once the person gets what they want, they get rid of her. So same thing. God uses that as an illustration for the spiritual dynamic of the last days. So these 10 kings will get the power that they want, give their power and authority to Antichrist, do away with that world religion, and then demand that everybody just worships Jesus Christ. So a couple of news stories right off the bat, and you can see how they connect with uh, the Bible and Bible prophecy. Then there's this one. All UK citizens should receive digital ID cards, say Blair and Haig. And many of you have already seen this. I think I reported it earlier on the, in the week on uh, uh, his channel with, uh, with uh, Jeff Kinley. But there you see it. And, and again, what do we have? The, one of the reasons why we bring up these things is because the Bible warned about this. Um, Got to have this global system. You can't have speech that opposes this antichrist system. Uh, you have to have this one world religion. You have to have this ID, a digital ID. Folks, it is coming. Or some type of ID where Revelation chapter 13 teaches that no one can buy or sell unless they receive the mark of the beast. Everything's got to be controlled. So that's why we talk about these things. People like me do. We talk about these things to help people be able to connect the dots. We don't interpret the Bible based upon the news but what I do is simply look at the news and go, okay, well, the Bible actually says this. It's interpreting the direction that things are going based upon what the Bible says. In uh, Matthew chapter 24, when Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, he's talking to the disciples, he tells them of the signs of the coming of Christ, he says this. He says, see, I have told you these things beforehand. Uh, Isaiah chapter 46, God tells us the end from the beginning. Why? So we would know. So we can look at our Bible and we can say, wait a minute, the Bible said it was going to go this direction. 
Bible said this was going to happen. The Bible said that was going to happen. Why? So we would watch, so we would be ready, so we we'd uh, want to be living for the Lord. So we want to get the gospel out there and, and be ready for the King of Kings, uh, the Lord of Lords. Uh, Damon Duck, quoting Billy Graham, he said, there's two great days that are coming. Uh, when the day of the rapture arrives, every deceased Christian will be raised from the dead with an incorruptible, immortal body like Jesus when he was raised, uh, first raised from the dead. The body of every living Christian will be changed into an incorruptible, immortal body like Jesus when he was raised from the dead. We will see our saved loved ones in heaven in Christ Jesus. For all those who are in Christ Jesus, never to be separated again. Man, that is great. There are two great days coming for those who are believers. Uh, when the day of the rapture arrives, when the day of the second coming arrives. Listen, I make a distinction between the rapture and the second coming. Some of my friends don't, but I do. I believe the rapture is when we go up to meet the Lord in the air. <clears throat> and the second coming is when we come back with the Lord at Armageddon and Jesus establishes the millennial kingdom. So the two great days, when the day of the rapture arrives, second great day when the second coming arrives, Satan will be bound. Antichrist and false prophet will be cast into the lake of fire. Jesus will reign and be worshipped all over this earth. God's covenants with Israel will be fulfilled, and the list would just go on and on and on. But I'm not going to talk about all of those things right now. I'm excited because we have two great days that are coming. We're going to be raptured, and Jesus is coming back. It's going to be absolutely incredible, truly. Awesome isn't even a word that can quite describe what is coming. So when we look at the prophecies, we can get the aha moments and go, okay, God warned us uh, what it's going to look like so that we can know. So let's get going because we're going to look at Micah and connect the dots. Because as it was in past history, so too it will be again. So in Micah, uh, Micah is prophesying the destruction of the northern kingdom. Israel is about ready to happen. We're almost done with the book of Micah. But in Micah chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, Micah writes, Hear now what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, O you mountains, the Lord's complaint, and you strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a complaint against his people, and he will contend with Israel. So what's God doing? He's calling the mountains. He's calling the creation that he created into a witness against Israel. That's really interesting. The mountains are going to witness against you. The creation is going to witness against you. I believe so. People say that's just hyperbole or that's symbolic or whatever. But let's continue reading just a few more verses. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? Here's where God says, man, I blessed you, but yet look what you've done to me. And how have I buried you? Testify against me. This is what God says. You guys testify against me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from the house of bondage. And I sent you before Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. My people remember now what Balak, king of Moab, counseled. And what Balak, the son of Beor, answered him. From Acacia Grove to Gilgal. That you know the righteousness of the Lord. So God says, okay, let's put all of this into, into the right perspective. And the first thing we notice, just two things I want to point out 
Number one here is God's plea with Israel. So what does God do? He says in verse one, hear now what the Lord says, arise, plead your cause. He calls the mountains to witness, the hills to witness, the strong foundations of the earth to witness. God is calling the court to order. And he's telling Israel, listen, this is what you gotta do, Israel. You have to plead your case against me. And you have the mountains, you have all of creation, you have the hills that are going to testify. We often, excuse me. <coughs> we often hear that expression, if these walls could talk, you think, wow, well apparently, when it comes to a, a day of judgment, apparently, I don't know. Is it that the mountains and the hills and God's creation fill in God? or tell God what's going on, as if God doesn't already know. Uh, all creation suffers because of the curse of sin of man. I find it interesting when you think of the works of uh, C.S. Lewis, it seems people like C.S. Lewis had this imagination where the trees could talk, the trees could communicate, they could move their limbs uh, like arms. We, we think of the Old Testament, we're describing the time of the millennial kingdom. All of the trees of the field will clap their hands. Could it be that they'll be able to clap their hands in praise? There's many scholars that say back at the time of Adam, when Adam uh, was uh, the one, Adam's the one who named the animals, two by two he named them, the giraffe, the elephant, and so forth, right? He names the animals. There's many scholars that believe because sin had not yet entered into the world at that point, it was before Eve, that he was actually able to communicate with the animals. Isn't that wild to think of that? But here it appears he was calling. He's calling the mountains, calling the hills, calling all of creation uh, into tent. You guys are witnesses to the people of Israel. The things that they have done. Imagine some of the things that, that perhaps some of you have done in the dark. You're thinking, man, I'm hoping nobody ever finds out about this. Well, God knows about those things. Praise God for his grace. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you confess your as a sinner and repent of your sin, you're forgiven. But if you don't, listen, everything that we've ever done is going to be called into an account. And we're going to be judged. The books are going to be open, the book of Revelation tells us. And we are going to be judged. But then God says, verses 3 through 5, he says, testify against me. Bring it on. I, I've done good to you. I have blessed you, he says, what have I done? I, I've blessed you, I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the place of bondage, but you repaid me with rejection, you repaid me with rebellion. Not only did God not do evil to Israel, he actually blessed them with an enormous amount of good. He redeemed them, he gave them good leaders, and then the leaders went bad. God's case against Israel looks pretty good. It, I, I think of the book of James where the Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, from our Father of lights. And then he says this in verse 5, remember now, check this out, what Balak, king of Moab, counseled. Uh, after meeting with uh, king Balak of Moab, Balaam, he prophesied over Israel four different times. As he spoke God's word, he tried a curse against the nation of Israel, but he is unable to speak a curse. Remember, that's what Baal 
fun of Balaam to do. Balaam's the guy that talked to the donkey. Another part where creation is actually a lot more uh, involved in our lives than we may think. And God opened up the donkey, and Balaam is sitting there hitting the donkey, and, and the donkey turns around, stops. The, 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 the donkey saw an angel. Balaam couldn't see the angel. So finally, Balaam gets off the donkey, starts beating the donkey, and the donkey says, why are you beating me? And then Balaam starts talking back. He has a back-and-forth conversation with the donkey. That, what a sight. <laughs> that must have been to see something like that. But here's the thing. Balaam was unsuccessful in cursing Israel. But he's a prophet for profit, for money. And so this is what he'd say. He said, Balak, here's the deal. The words that come out of my mouth, the, all I can do is say good to Israel. God won't let me say bad. But I mean, that should have been a warning to Balaam, the tonky, talking donkey and everything. But what's Balaam do? He says, this is what you need to do, Balak. I have an idea. I mean, Balaam was not going to let up. He says, this is what you do. God will curse Israel if you do this, if you get Israel to sin. In other words, you send your women over to the camp of Israel, and they fornicate, and, and, and they engage in sexual immorality, and then guess what? And then God will curse them. Because of their sin, that's exactly what happened. It became a sexual immorality issue. And because of their sin, God did curse Israel, and he brought a plague of judgment upon Israel that killed 24,000. Uh, in light of this, God's saying Israel must remember that God could never be persuaded to curse Israel except they could bring curses upon themselves through their own disobedience and rebellion. Wow. God's letting them know, you guys brought this on yourself. I look at where we are in the world today, folks, appears to me we've brought it on ourselves. Let's just think of some of these things. Uh, this is Damon Duck quoting Wayne Allen Root. Grocery store prices are skyrocketing. Egg farms are burning to the ground. Over 100 food have burned to the ground in the past year. A mushroom cloud of deadly chemicals is floating over the farm belt. Animals are dying, fish are dead, and people are sick. Gas and energy prices are soaring. Massive inflation is decimating the middle class. The supply chain is crippled. Highways, ports, and infrastructure are crumbling. Trains are derailing. Our federal energy reserve is being depleted. America's national debt and homelessness are exploding. Violent crime and retail theft are exploding. Our government is compiling, compiling a list of those who didn't get the, you know, the shot. Isn't that interesting? More than that tomorrow. The FBI and DOJ are prosecuting parents that protest the LGBTQ agenda, centering conservatives and Christians, but releasing violent criminals. Government, media, Hollywood, and schools are brainwashing society 24-7 with the LGBTQ and transgender ideology. And the list just goes on and on. A John from New York writes, Russian ships armed with nuclear hypersonic missiles have gone to sea and are now close to the North Atlantic. Uh, meanwhile, Jim Rickards, some of you know Jim Rickards as I follow him, uh, says total chaos breaks out in the energy and food markets come May 1st. The, meanwhile, the UK is going to start sending out nuclear war alerts. Meanwhile, 
North Korea fires tactical nuclear missiles into the sea as the U.S. steps up nuclear drills over South Korea. And the list can just go on and on and on about all of the different things that are happening. You start looking at this. As it was with Israel, God says, you brought it on yourself. This is what you guys did. So too, we can look at the world right now, especially in the Western world, and say, we brought it on ourselves. We've completely turned from God. We've entered into this place of absolute uh, sinfulness and immorality. I wonder why things are happening the way that they are. God says, this is the way it's going to be. We have an opportunity to repent. I don't know if it's going to happen. People say what's happening in Asbury is a revival, and, and there's going to be a great awakening coming in America. Is there? Well, I'll get to that in a few, before we wrap up here. Um, but let me continue with a few more verses. Verse 6. Again, this is God speaking to Israel before they were judged by the Assyrians. But God said, Assyrians judge you. The, the amazing thing is when you see the, the parallels between Israel back then and the entire Western world today, when I say the Western world, United States, Canada, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, you start looking and going, oh, it's absolutely remarkable. Uh, by the way, if you're in Canada, UK, or, or Europe, UK, Australia, or New Zealand, I'm just curious, in, in those Western parts of the world, if you guys have as much woke ideology as we do here in the United States, it's just absolutely maddening. And I'm curious, you know, guys, send me emails, let me know what you think. I'm, I'm curious. You can comment in here. I, I don't know if the wokeness has infected all of the Western world, absolutely infected the United States. I was in Mexico, a few different parts of Mexico. They ain't interested in the wokeness down there. I know pretty much the entire Islamic world, Russia, China, they just think that we've completely lost our minds. So do I, because I. I, I think this world, the United States, it seems to me, has been given over to the worship of, of demons. Um, but anyways, I digress. I'll go a little bit further. Verse 6. I am curious as to what's going on in your countries, though, uh, and what you think of the wokeness. With what shall I come before the Lord, 6, and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Verse 8, no, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So, listen, the people are arguing against God. They're saying, oh God, you're too hard. I can't believe how harsh you are. You're so mean. You expect us to live kind of like good lives and stuff. What are we supposed to do? He tells, they say this, am I supposed to bring burnt offerings to you? A thousand rams wouldn't be enough. 10,000 rivers of oil wouldn't be enough. <coughs> 10,000 rivers of oil wouldn't be enough. You're too harsh, God. <laughs> I mean, they're arguing with God. It's like that, I mean, if you listen to people right now, if you turn on the news and you listen to people in the media, God is so mean. I'm sure he just wants us to be able to, like, like, like perversions. It's not perverted that men are lying with men and women with women. And uh, there's no, nothing wrong with homosexual marriage. And, and I can't believe it. You know, and abortion is just fine. We hear this kind of talk coming from churches. God's so hard. 
God so mean? What's God say to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? He's shown you. Oh, man. Listen, God's even provided a way. He's, he's provided his son as sacrifice for us, that we would be forgiven. And God's just showing the absurdity of you guys. Here it is, in, in a nutshell. This is what do. Uh, verse 8, to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. Look at what each of these are. To do justly, to act in a fair way towards others. Treat them the way that you want to be treated. Just do what's just. Just do what's just. To love mercy. Give others the same measure of mercy that you would want to receive from the Lord. And then here's the other one. I mean, people say, well, yeah, of course, I'm going to treat my neighbor as myself. Really? Do justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's a hard one. Remember who I am. I'm God. I am in heaven, and you are not. Listen, take a screenshot of that. Take a snapshot of it. Um, and remember these things. To walk humbly with your God is recognizing that we are sinners in need of salvation. We need forgiveness. We need to repent of our sins. And what do we do? We, we act out the best that we can to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly uh, with our Lord. What God requires is not too mysterious or too difficult. Uh, we know these things are written on our hearts, um, but God has proven his case before the court. Remember the court, the mountains, the creation. Israel is afflicted because their own sin brought their affliction upon themselves. And in our world today, we are afflicted because our own sin has brought the affliction upon ourselves. All right, so let's move on. I want to make sure I get through this. Number one, it's God's plea with Israel. Number two, it's God's punishment of Israel. And then I'll get to some questions. So check this out. Verse 9. The Lord's voice cries to the city. Wisdom shall see your name. Hear the rod. Who has appointed it? Are there yet treasures of wickedness in the house of the wicked? And the short measure that is an abomination? Shall I count pure those with the wicked scales and with the bag of deceitful weights? For her are full of violence. Her inhabitants have spoken lies, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. Man, did you hear that? Listen to this again. Shall I count pure those with wicked scales? Wow. Those who rip off? Should I count that as pure? A bag of deceitful weights? Huh. The rich are full of violence. Her inhabitants are liars, and their tongue is deceitful in their mouth. I mean, you, if you look at, at, at things that are, uh, that are out there that we hear about, that we know we are being lied to all the time by the media now. We know we are being lied to, but that's okay. These rich people rule everything. There are people out there right now that still think the government has their best interest. The government in the United States of America has their best interest in Remember the words of Ronald Reagan. What was it? I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. The most frightening words in the entire English language put together. I'm here from the government. Uh, I've come to help. No, 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 no. But this is, I mean, this is what's going on with Israel. The people in charge, the rich people, their deceit, they're they're doing all this different stuff. It's absolutely terrible. Notice how he says here, he says, hear the rod. Who has appointed 
Wisdom shall see your name. The Lord's voice cries in the city, verse 9. So what does this mean, uh, hear the rod? So Israel felt the rod of God, but they did not hear it. In other words, calamity would come their way, but they refused to take it in the sense of God getting their attention. It is the Lord's voice crying out to you. The wise will know it is the Lord. God is trying to get their attention. Listen, again, God says, hear the rod. You guys don't. You refuse to listen. Think of the book of Revelation. Let the spirit, uh, let the ear hear what the spirit says to the churches, right? It's like, listen, listen to what's going on. C.S. Lewis said it this way. God whispers to us in pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. That is an outstanding quote. But think of this also, as God shouts to get our attention. In, in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 6, what's taking place there when judgments are coming upon the planet? Revelation chapter 6, in fact, I'm going to turn over there and read it for just a second. A few different pass passages I'd like to read to in Revelation, but I'm not going to. Revelation chapter 6, where did it go? Oh, my Bible fell apart. <laughs> I've got to read it from my pages. This is pretty funny. Okay, Revelation chapter 6. Um, here we go. The sixth seal, right? This, this is what happened. I guess I've been eating my Bible again or something. Eating the Word and delighting in it. I, I looked and Jesus opened the sixth seal. And behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth hair. And the moon became like blood, and the stars fell uh, to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it's rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. And the kings of the earth, the great men, here it is, listen to this. Revelation chapter 6, verse 15. The kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, okay, all the important people, and Every slave and every free man, so pretty much everybody, hid themselves in the caves and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? I, I mean, you check that out, right? So what's happening there in Revelation chapter 6 with the sixth seal? They know it is the wrath of God. But instead of repenting and say, God save us, no, just hide us from him. But they know they're not going to be able to be hidden. They know ultimate judgment is coming. They know that the message that you've been telling them about is absolutely true. Hopefully some of those people that you talk to now that reject the truth, they'll come to faith in Christ. But for those who don't, and they go into the tribulation, and they don't come to Christ during the tribulation, going to be bad, but they're not going to want to. That's what was happening with uh, the people of Israel in Micah chapter 6. Hear the rod, they refused. Judgment is coming. We don't do justly. We don't love mercy. We don't humble ourselves before God. Tell us what to do. That kind of thing was going on. They would not hear the rod. They refused it. In fact, likewise, during the tribulation period, as the judgments come upon the planet, the people, although they're going to know judgments past Revelation chapter 6, they know the judgments are coming. They're going to refuse to repent of their immoralities, uh, their lying, 
uh, their deceitful ways. They're going to refuse to repent of all of the wickedness that they do, even though that they know it is God that's judging them and they face an eternal judgment. It's the same concept. As it was in the days of Micah, hear the rod. The people refused to hear it. They refused to acknowledge. Hence, in Revelation with the seven churches, hear the, the Spirit says to the seven churches. Let him who has an ear to hear, hear and respond to the Lord. Listen, all of these things are coming, and God is trying to get our attention. Well, we, we have these things <coughs> to be like catastrophes that are happening one after another i mean how many more train wrecks i mean listen it is unbelievable what is happening over almost unbelievable i say but i mean no more we keep seeing we go from bad to bad to bad to worse 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 uh, this train wreck in ohio what is going to happen where's this going to be six months down the road uh, where are other things going to be six months down the road when you start working out the, the riders on the, the four horsemen, right? The white horse, the horse, mega war, a piece was taken from the earth. You have the black horse with, uh, with economic collapse and then a great famine. I mean, we hear the predictions of the secularists that are saying, hey, we better wake up to what's going on. Then you come the rider on the pale horse. What's going to happen? Death by death. Death by pestilence. Um, Death by famine, death by the sword, death by all these different things. And you start, to, you start to map out things. Okay, what's going on with this Ohio train? What's going on? Uh, that's so strange. And, and other trains, we're finding out these very strange things that are carrying chemicals. What is really going on? Many are saying these things are sabotaged. We're watching the food plants being blown up. We're watching what's going on. And we're going, something very fishy is going on because in the book of guess what? The water becomes contaminated. People start to die. And you look at this thing in Ohio, listen, th these people are lying to us. They're lying to us. Did you know there was a movie that's on Netflix? I believe it's Netflix, might be Amazon Prime. I think it's called White Noise. It's about this area in, and, um, where there's a train wreck carrying chemicals. It was released, I think, 70 days prior to this train wreck in Ohio. <clears throat> that's not a coincidence, is it? I mean, it's kind of strange. And a couple of other things that happened prior to the train wreck in Ohio. And now we have this, this, this smoke stuff going on, the, the water being contaminated, people getting sick. Get sick in here. <clears throat> I'm starting to have a... <clears throat> lock up here. I don't know how long I'm going to last. Let me get a cough drop, folks. <laughs> this is what happens when you go live. You don't have a choice. But things happen. <clears throat> but we can see it. Um, so this is going on in Micah's day, and the people paid the price. Um, <clears throat> able to escape. They refused to repent. It's going to go on again. They're going to refuse to repent, and they won't escape. In fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them, and they shall not escape. Wow. Looking at these things, what happens? Therefore, verse 13, God says, I also will make you sick by striking you. Back then, as it was, it's going to be again, baby. 
by making you desolate because of your sins. Listen, all they need to do is repent. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk quickly with your God. Just repent. Just turn to the Lord, right? Do what God says. But they refuse to. You shall eat and not be satisfied. Hunger shall be in your midst. You may carry some away, but you shall not save them. And what do you res- what you do rescue, I will give over to the sword. You shall sow, but not reap. You shall tread olives, but not anoint yourselves with oil. Make sweet wine, but not drink wine. For the statues of Omri are kept. All the works of Ahab's house are done. And you walk in their counsels, these wicked counsels of their wicked leaders. We have wicked leaders in America right now, very wicked leaders in America, who say we need to abort more babies. We have things coming out of Hollywood and out of the media. We need to celebrate abortion. And there are pastors and churches that refuse to say anything bad about it. There's many that just go along with it. Why? Because they're evil people. That's why. And they just go along with it and support it. This is evil. And God's going to judge us. And anybody who thinks that God's not going to judge is wrong. That's what they thought back then. Well, God just overlooks the stuff. No, he doesn't. God's patient. God's patience is going to run out. Omri was wicked. Omri was wicked. And the people went along with their wicked leaders. Don't go along with these wicked leaders in this. Listen, you do not do what's evil. You do what you know is right. They walk in the counsels of their leaders. That I may make you a desolation and your inhabitants a hissing. Therefore you shall be reproach of my people. Listen. <clears throat> we have the leaders that God has given us. Not only is 2 Timothy chapter 4 come into play within the church where in the last days people raise up for themselves teachers to itch their ears, make them feel good, say nice things. Likewise, what else do we have? In, in America, in, in the Western world, we have leaders that we have wanted because uh, overall we've preferred to sin. And, and these leaders just go ahead and celebrate, and Pandora's box has been opened up. The dam is broken. And it's just absolutely appalling uh, the way the things are going. Okay. I have a lot more to say here, but let me um, talk about Asbury here in just a second. But... Concerning world government, Damon writes at the World Government Summit in Dubai that was held last week, Klaus Schwab talked about artificial intelligence, chatbots, etc. And Schwab said this, the one who masters those technologies in some way will be the master of the world. You and I, we know that. We know the Bible and we can see what is coming, right? So the reason, again, like it was in the beginning when I brought up some of the news and some of these other stories, is because we can connect and go, wait a minute, the Bible told us it was going to be this way. Klaus Schwab said, 10 years from now, we will be completely different. Indeed, we will be completely um, different. By the way, I've talked, uh, I had several different quotes about what's coming in May, the World Health Organization and uh, so forth, meeting in May, and uh, the United States, sovereignty of the United States being surrendered to the World Health Organization. A lot of people are worried about that, then came out and said, well, that's fake news. Well, it's not fake news. You know I mean, the fact checkers need some, listen, these fact checkers are liars. You can't believe in any of them anymore. 
more. But um, here, the Epoch Times uh, reported that on, let me see, February 27, the Biden administration, that's tomorrow, if you're watching this Sunday, on February 27, the Biden administration is planning to sign a legally binding document that commits the U.S. to obey these global policies. I wish I had more time uh, to talk about this more, but I don't because this is locking up on me. <clears throat> so I can't talk about that more, but I, I do want to say this real quick about Asbury, all right? Let me go here. I'm talking about Asbury. Um, I think it's some of your questions. Um, here's my take. In, in, if you guys hate me for it, call me names for it, you know, it just is what it is. It's, 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 it, I'm going to tell you what I believe as a pastor, what I believe from the outside looking in, understanding of the Bible and so forth. I mentioned this this morning at, at the church that I pastor, but and I know some of you are going to get really upset with me about it, but that's okay. That's okay. So here's my understanding of a revival, and I think a lot of it is people, maybe the term revival is misused or used wrong, but my understanding of revival, a genuine awakening that would be taking place is that um, unsaved people would be surrendering their life over to the Jesus Christ in untold numbers, and it would just be like exploding, right? And then people be going out and taking the gospel back home or taking it to their neighbors or wherever it is, right? So think of it in the Bible. When you had a genuine revival take place in the Bible, you go back to the days of Nineveh and with Jonah. What happens? It's the preaching of Jonah to repent. And when Jonah uh, talks about repentance, <coughs> when Jonah talked about repentance, he says, uh, he says, basically, turn or burn. If you don't repent, you're all going to burn. It's going to be absolutely awful, and I can't wait to see you all burn. Well, Nineveh repented. The king repented. Uh, everybody repents, right? And there was a great surrender. People who didn't know the Lord to, surrendered to the Lord. Okay, That would be genuine. In the book of Acts, at the time of Pentecost, what happens? Preaching. And as Peter's preaching and calling out sin, hey, you guys crucified Jesus and so forth. And people repent and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And what, how many thousands of people were added to the church that day that were saved, right? So it's a preaching of the word. It's a genuine repentance that seems to mark a genuine revival. And then what happens is then, then the, the, when a person gets converted in such a way, they go and they take the message outward. It goes wherever, back home, it goes wherever. What my observation is what's happening in Asbury is it's not so much that people are coming to faith in Christ for the first time and then they're taking the message out. Maybe it's happening and I'm missing it. Those happening, I do know this is happening because I see people talk about it. Christians are coming from all over the world and pouring into Asbury. That's a little bit of the opposite, right? What happens in the biblical, <coughs> what happens in the biblical revivals is people come to faith in Christ and then they go out. But the 
reason why so many people are, there's this massive amount of people swelling at Asbury is because Christians are traveling there from all over the world. And now I've heard it spread to 10 different um, uh, university campuses. Listen, maybe it is happening. But it seems the opposite. It seems like the opposite is happening. Listen, maybe people are being revived in their own spirit. They're, They're believers, and now they're on fire for the Lord. They weren't on fire before, and now that's happening. I don't know about that. Maybe that's what's going on, but it just seems a little odd to me that this revival is an inner thing, and it's, and, it's, and it's already Christians. So it's like a giant worship service that keeps going. That's my take on it. And my take is a genuine one is going to be the opposite of that, where it's going to be unbelievers getting saved and going and taking the gospel out. But maybe that's going to happen. I don't know. I haven't been there. Maybe that's going to happen. But most of the testimonies, pretty much all the testimonies I've read and heard so far are what people are feeling. Well, you can feel it. You can feel it. So anyways, um, that's my take. And I will say this, you know, if I had a kid that was there and going to that university and he was all of a sudden on fire for the Lord. And when he first went there, he was kind of on fire. Not really. I might be a little bit excited about it, but still what defines a revival. So I have a hard time with it. All right, guys? I, I, I don't see it as the genuine biblical kind, although God may be doing something great there, and I just don't know what it is. So now if you guys hate it, you can send in all your words telling me that I'm a Pharisee. Like, uh, it seems to be the, the thing to throw out there when you start to question things, right? If you question something that happened the last few years, oh, you're an evil person. Now if you question... Let's just throw questions. Shouldn't we test all things, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? Let's test. Let's wait and see the fruit of what happens. But just at the onset, I don't know. And I know a whole lot of Christian TV programs that are promoting this thing as the greatest thing in the world. So anyways, there you go. Okay. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.